bring in Locked On Sabres host Joe DiBiase. How's it going, Joe? It's going good. How are you guys? Good. So I, I'm curious about. It's kind of like I don't know. It's not a. It's not a revenge game by any means for Ryan O'Reilly, but that breakup was was ugly between uh, he and the Sabers. How much has has the O'Reilly trade hindsight perspective changed in the past? Uh, I don't know. Six months since Tage Thompson has started to rip it up. And and do you think um, that he'll get booed tonight, or do you think it's over? Well, one, it definitely has changed a lot. I mean, it. <laughs> It was one of the laughingstock trades of the league. Yep. And now, I mean, now it's being called like the, one of the biggest win-win trades in the league in the past. Yeah. So I, I don't think he'll get booed. He definitely got booed his first game back, maybe even his first couple games back. I'm not going to lie, though. Jack Eichel becoming the villain <laughs> that he has become in the last year or so in Buffalo I, like I'm not saying Ryan O'Reilly is the most popular guy in Buffalo and that he'll get a standing ovation or anything, but uh, his approval rating has probably gone up from, I don't know, if it was 25% at one point, it might be closer to 50 now just because you know, he's one of the faces of that team that that was supposed to win here and definitely didn't, but he's no longer, I would guess, the uh, he's, no, he's not public enemy number one from that team anymore. So from an outside perspective, what would you make of that deal that came down uh, Friday night, Ryan O'Reilly coming to Toronto, obviously spent a couple of years in Buffalo, so you know what he's all yeah. about. What can he bring to the Maple Leafs lineup? I like it a lot, actually. I thought, I, I'm not sure how much of the reaction was, well, they way overpaid. What, 20 points and they gave up a first, second, and third, or whatever the price was. Um, and I looked at it and thought, yeah, okay, he's got eight assists on the season, or it was six maybe in St. Louis, but... He still is producing. He's still one of the better defend, defensive forwards in hockey. A lot of his advanced numbers show he is still getting production. Maybe a lot of it was his situation and his team. I saw right, right when the trade happened, I forget who it was, but he wins above replacement is like in the 86th percentile this season among forwards. So maybe the numbers just haven't been coming, but the play's been there. Um, so that plus, I just don't really think – those picks are actually worth all that much. I mean, a late first-round pick for Toronto. The guy's going to take three years to develop, and maybe he'll be, if, if you dream of him being as good as O'Reilly. Um, the second and third-round pick, you know, like those are lottery tickets at this point. So you're a team like Toronto. You're trying to win the Stanley Cup. The guy, I think, is a productive player. He can play anywhere in your top six. And I do think his numbers um, this season, the goals and assists at least, were a little bit of more so where he was playing than – what what version of him you're going to be getting. So I thought and one other fact on that, I'm sure you've talked about it, the cap hit. I mean, Tampa yeah. set, the, set the standard a couple of years ago by trading a first for Barclay Goodrow, and everyone's like, he's not worth that. Oh, no. but wait, one two cups. per dollar amount, <laughs> it's like a million and a half dollars. Sure, spend a first-round pick. It's perfect. We're with Joe DiBiase right now. He hosts Locked on Sabres. And I mentioned that the vibes have completely changed around, uh, well, Tage Thompson specifically since he started to tear it up this year. But such a, such a good feeling around the Buffalo Sabres right now with them making a push for the playoffs. This has been dreamed about yeah. for so long in that city. Just talk to me a little bit about that shift from the pa- fan base over this season. Like I feel like that... Um, letter from fans from from Darlene was was such kind of a turning point, and it was a good embodiment yeah. of of how things are feeling in Buffalo right now. Yeah, I mean it's coming. It's it's on the way back, uh, and it's happening a lot quicker than I would have thought. 
Um, yeah, the letter from Darlene, I mean, the overall atmosphere of the team, the fact that it's a bunch of young guys, nobody's let the fans down, really, among yeah. the among the, the core group, which I think it's just being new and fresh um, does matter a lot in this regard. So the fans are coming back. I mean, the attendance numbers have been almost downright embarrassing the last couple of years, but they're, I mean, you've got an NHL record playoff drought. The Sabres have a very large percentage of their season ticket base based in southern Ontario. That went away completely with the pandemic. So the, the season ticket number being way down, team being on a drought, I mean, it was rock bottom. And I think it's gonna take, it, it seemed like it was going to take a lot of time for the organization to boost those ticket numbers back up, get the fan base back to being hopeful. And I would say that in a year or year and a half, whenever you want to put the starting point, they've done as good a job as possible. And I think the the core source of that is just they've got the youngest team in hockey and it's the first playoff race that fans have experienced in, honestly, 10 years. Well, how much credit does Kevin Adams deserve? Like, kind of cleaning up the mess that he inherited. He, you know, moved out some guys. Mm. Obviously, Jack Eichel was was a, a situation when he became the general manager. He made that deal, bringing in Alex Tuck and some other pieces, and you know, he's having an unbelievable yeah. season. But then pinpointing, you know, who he believes is the core of this team. You know, Darlene, Tage Thompson. We just saw him resign Dylan Cousins. Matias Samuelson got a big co- uh, contract, which raised eyebrows around the league. But I mean, he's a pretty good player when you watch him. I mean, how much? does he deserve for the success uh, credits does he deserve for the success that Buffalo's having and the bright future that looks like it may be lying ahead for them I I definitely think a lot of it Um, I think he's done everything process wise the right way some things have been arguable I think when they paid Tage Thompson it was debatable is that a good idea you're giving them that contract after one year but there is a clear strategy in place by this GM that when he thinks he's got it figured out who the core pieces of this team are, even when there might still be some risk of regression like there would have been with Thompson. He wants to sign them, and he wants to sign them early, because if it works out that the players you're projecting to be your core group are your core group, well, three years from now, we're, we're going to, ideally, I mean, this is a dream scenario, hmm. fans around the NHL or people covering the NHL in different markets are going to look at the Sabres cap friendly page and say, how the heck do they have Dylan Cousins and Tage Thompson for $14 million? with that one-two center punch the same way they used to with Nathan McKinnon, who was making $6.5 million. That, that's a lofty goal to have, but I think that's the strategy in place by Adam. Sign him early, take on some risk, but the upside is three, four years from now, you're going to have all this cap space because all of your core group players are on team-friendly contracts. And I, Yeah, go ahead. No, I, just, I find it hilarious like, just to, to go off on that. Whenever people talk about like the biggest sweetheart deals in the league – no one ever mentions the yeah. fact that Tage Thompson is making $1.4 million this year. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> right, the contract hasn't even kicked in yet. I know. I mean. It's insane yeah. what this guy's been able to do. And, and, you know, I think that's been a big reason for why the team has had so much success. So, with that, though, Joe, I'm curious what the mindset is in Buffalo right now when it comes to the trade deadline. Because they're still a young and growing team. Yeah. Like, do you think that they are ready to kind of push the chips in a little bit? Like, not an all-in move, but make a sizable addition to kind of help bring in a veteran into this group? Like, what do you think the mindset is right now for Kevin Adams surrounding the uh, DHL trade deadline and what the Sabres might do? Yeah, it depends what you mean by all-in move. But I think the trade they could make is 
worthy of being described that. I don't, you know, Jacob Chickren's the name. I mean, we're talking about him almost every day. Um, Timo Meyer was a thought, too. There were some links, but I don't really think that's going to happen. Chickren, it just almost makes too much sense. He is 24. He fits your timeline age-wise. The Sabres have, I think they're second in the league in goal still. They have one of the highest-scoring teams in hockey. Forward-wise, you're fine. Um, the blue line is top-heavy. Darlene and Power have been incredible. Samuelson has been great. After that, it starts to get a little rocky. And with the goaltending situation being what it is, a defenseman like that I think would do wonders for them. And it's not like they're getting a 30-year-old rental. It's a guy that if you trade for him, you plan on signing him to a seven- or eight-year contract extension. And I think that type of move is completely warranted by this team. Like, it's time to win. They've got the deepest prospect pool in hockey, arguably. They've got a million draft picks. They could trade their top two prospects in a first-round pick tomorrow, and they would still have one of the, the greatest, one of the best pipelines in hockey. So spending a little of that currency, prospect and pick-wise, on a guy that would fit your group perfect, would fit your timeline perfect. And by the way, Boston being in this market, I don't know, I think Toronto's probably made their move, but you should be competing with Boston on the long term. You don't, you're not competing with them now, but... They, they could trade for Jacob Chickren tomorrow, and that's a guy you got to deal with for the next 10 years. Yeah. And I think the Sabres should be thinking that way, that they shouldn't be afraid to make a move right now just because they're not in cup contention. Because you are going to be competing with these divisional rivals for the next 5 to 10 years if your plan goes goes the right way. Patrick Kane, question mark? That I, <laughs> I, was, I, I was betting. I was wondering what the odds were of whether or not you were of even going to mention the name. Uh, well, I mean, hey, he had a hell of a show against the Maple Leafs the other day. He's from <laughs> Buffalo. And I don't know. For me, like, it, it sounds like, like, I know all the reporting is he hasn't made up his mind, but you listen to the yeah. words that have come out of his mouth the last, like, couple of weeks, how upset he was about the situation. They after sound like verbal middle fingers. Like, kind of. I don't know. I feel like he wants to get out, but the same time, going back home to play for Buffalo, but are they close enough in terms of being a championship team for him to want to go there? I, I don't know about that, but that would be an interesting name. I wonder if Kevin Adams at least is making the phone call. Yeah. I'll be honest. I guess I don't know about the offseason. There's zero chance they're trading for him, but I guess I don't know about the offseason when he's a free agent. And But I would guess no chance because I don't know that there's a desire on either side. Patrick Kane I mean, every summer he would come back to Buffalo for a long time. It seems like every single time he would get in trouble off the ice. The, the famous rape allegation, there were other stuff. And it got to a point where Chicago had to tell him, the organization had to get in his ear, hey, stop going back to Buffalo during the off season," And he did. So I don't know what the desire is on him to come here. They're not yet ready to prove, hey, you can win a Stanley Cup here. They're not at that point. And for the Sabres, it doesn't fit timeline-wise um, in that just the age. I just don't think they'd want to spend that contract on that position at that age. The only thing I wonder about is ownership. Is, is the owner going to fall in love with that idea? I don't, do not think it would ever come from management, like Kevin Adams. But does the owner love the idea of just seeing number 88 in a Sabre uniform and say, hey, go offer him $9 million and make it happen? Um, but... Short of that, I just I don't really see it in the cards. 
Uh, is there a buzz right now in uh, in Buffalo? You get the Maple Leafs coming to town. It's funny. I was looking at their the, yeah. the Sabers record and their home record. Surprisingly, for a team that's in it, eleven fourteen and two sub five hundred home record. But it's typically like yeah. a road game when Toronto's in town. Does that bode well for the Sabers? <laughs> I it, their their home road record is interesting because they actually like some of the advanced numbers show they actually have been better at home. They just run into insane goaltending. Um, that might that record might be a little fluky, but maybe not. Um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see what it's like. Is it going to be 50-50 Toronto Sabre fans? Will be 60-40 Toronto to Sabre fans or 60-40 Sabre? Whatever it is, um, the atmosphere is always incredible. I I don't know that you guys complain about this as much as we do because <laughs> I definitely think this rivalry. I mean, I'm sure you guys know this rivalry is more one-sided. Sabre fans think of Toronto as a rival. I'm sure Leafs fans think more of Montreal and Boston and Ottawa. But because there are bigger rivals for the Leafs to schedule, the Sabres and Leafs only play each other three times this year, one time in Buffalo. And I think that stinks. I think that stinks because those games are – like you could point to, well, Leafs fans filling up the Sabres' buildings is embarrassing. Man, I don't don't care about that. Sure, say it's embarrassing, but it's fun. When those games are 50-50 – both fan bases competing chance at each other. There's constant energy in the building. It is so unique to, to sports to have a building be 50-50 like that. So whatever, man. If it's an embarrassment or not, every time Toronto comes here, Sabre fans love it. This is the ones especially going to be in the building. It's super energetic. Um, and they usually win. A little staff for it. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. 115 games these two teams have played in Buffalo, and I think Toronto's only won like 33. <laughs> Buffalo always always gives That's Toronto hilarious. troubles. Doesn't matter where they are in the standings, always yep. seem to give them troubles. Uh, we got to fly, though, Joe. Appreciate you taking the time, as always. We'll chat again down the road.